if she does not think it is sin to have sex outside marriage, then you have a very ignorant and very foolish girl on your hands. This is really basic to Christianity. And if she thinks sex outside marriage is holy, then she's not a worthy cardinate for marriage. And the relationship you are in, it seems, is certainly more than casual if she's wanting sex. Welcome once again to Cabin Devils. It's a great night, beautiful evening. It's come back here in Uganda. No rain, no storms. Today we are joined by Charles from Rwanda. We are joined by McLean. I can see nobody's here. Thank you and thank you guys for being here. And we do have Th- Sam Ithiga from Nairobi, Kenya, once again joining us uh, to speak to us on Cabin Devils. Kindly let your friends know that we are live and that uh, Cabin Evils is awesome. Before we get into today's conversation, let me remind you that we have a team of friends who are willing to pray and connect with you. And if you'd like to pray with someone, just simply send an email to pray at cabindevolts.com. Pray at cabindevolts.com and there'll be someone waiting to pray with you. I'm posting those email addresses in the chat as we speak. If you'd like to talk to someone specifically concerning an issue that is going on in your life, you want to listen, you want someone to advise, we do have a team of friends as well who will be willing to connect with you so just simply send an email to talk at cabindivos.com talk at cabindivos.com and if you like to support this cause and maybe say hey i'm getting you guys data uh, for the week just send an email to give at cabindivos.com and we'll send you instructions on how best you can be able to support this show and if you'd like to get in touch with me maybe share your story on uh, how this show has ministered to you reach out to me directly by sending an email to david at cabindivos.com. We want to make it as easy as possible to hear from you. And so the emails are simple. Pray at cabindivos.com to pray with someone. Talk at cabindivos.com if you'd like to maybe pick someone's brain on an issue that is going on in your life or give at cabindivos.com if you would like to support this show or just simply reach out and share your story by sending me an email directly to david at cabindevils.com. I'll receive that email as up as if it were a WhatsApp message. Our topic tonight is uh, concerning a very, very difficult topic, um, a very difficult word to even speak out loud. And uh, But today we do have a very brave gentleman, Mr. Sam Itika, who is going to be talking about purity when it comes to the relationships we have uh, around us. And uh, I think, and I want to believe 100% that this purity starts in the mind, even before we act on anything. And I think it's Christ who put it very, very, very clearly. He says, if you look lastly at a woman, you've already committed adultery with her in your heart. That standard is so high. And I think everyone, anyone would be ashamed if they began asking the question, how far is too far? Because the question that, I mean, the, because the, 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 the standard that Christ put is extremely high. Now, I was looking up a couple of articles here online, and I found one where a gentleman was found or found himself in a situation where it was difficult uh, to deal with this topic. Why? Because his girlfriend was pressuring him uh, into sleeping together. They are not yet married. And, and, and so he asked uh, John Piper this question, and uh, John Piper answers and says, if she does not think it is sin to have sex outside marriage, then you have a very ignorant and very foolish girl on your hands. This is really basic to Christianity, and if she thinks sex outside marriage is holy, then she's not a worthy cardinate for marriage. And the relationship you are in, it seems, is certainly more than casual if she's wanting sex. So my counsel is to move out of this relationship quickly. Point her to the Bible. Suggest that she study it. 
and be in a good mentoring relationship with a godly woman and see if she matures in this particular truth. But Piper goes ahead to say, if she does think that it is sin, then you have a very selfish and even cruel girl on your hands. She not only is willing to sin herself, but put her own soul at risk. But it is trying to get you not only in bed, but into hell with her. And so put your soul at risk. And in either of these two cases, whether she's foolish or ignorant on one hand or selfish and cruel on the other, she may well be motivated by the thought that getting you to have sex with her may be her way of holding on to you. Since, from her perspective, as long as you have not had sex, you have not bound to her. Hmm. That, that, was, that was a very straightforward answer. And uh, it's going to be difficult uh, for us to talk about this topic if our work with the Lord is lukewarm. And I think that's going to be the underlying foundation. How is your work with God? And that will determine where your foundation is. It will determine what your perspective really, really looks like. And for me, this is where I draw the line. Some piece of advice for some of the gentlemen and ladies who are listening in tonight. This is where I draw the line. Whether you're married or single, I will draw the line here. Avoid the topic as much as possible if you're not married. Don't talk about it. Just don't talk about it if you're not married. If you must talk, let it be when you are drawing biblical principles. Or else, involve a third party in this conversation. If you feel uncomfortable doing that, then my point has been made. This advice is simple advice. It's simply advice. I'm not deciding for you how you ought to live your life. I'm only and only sharing with you a piece of advice. If you're not married and you're dating, let your conversation be seasoned with salt in other areas and avoid this particular conversation. Maybe only when you're drawing only when you're drawing biblical principles. But hey, let me hear from you. What do you think about this topic? How have you handled it with friends? How have you handled it with your spouse? Any piece of advice, please go ahead and post that in the chat. We would like to hear from you. I'm trying to paint a picture here. Mm -hmm. And the picture is simple. This young man thought that all temptations will come to an end once he's married. Mm-hmm. And uh, perhaps it's been a couple of years and it's not, it's not happening. It's just not happening. Mm-hmm. Um, any piece of advice for this young man or this young lady who, after being married, the temptation mm-hmm. is just not going away. It's just not going away. What did they do wrong? What's going on? We thought that they would find satisfaction. And I'm, I'm picking <laughs> this from really what John Piper said that I posted on the poster there. Um, mm. it's, it sounds like the perfect sphere for gratification is marriage, according to Piper. Any attempt mm-hmm. to alter this design is not only immoral before him, but destructive mm-hmm. of human relationships and personal fulfillment. But still, mm-hmm. someone does not find this satisfaction in marriage. Any piece of advice for that young man? Um, I mean, yeah, there's, there's only one. There's only one, which is uh, uh, to run to the cross daily. Uh, to run to the, I feel like whatever that person will be going through is not unique to them. It's really a function of uh, the fall. Uh, and all Christians do understand that we are broken people. And when we become believers and, you know, even when believers, we get married, doesn't necessarily mean that all the struggles, you know, end there. Uh, but we continue with these struggles. Uh, but <clears throat> God gives us an opportunity to run to him, to learn how to, um, I guess, mortify our flesh you know and, and and we need to continue killing sin even when we are uh, married 
I know many people, especially young men, let me talk about young men. And when they get married to this uh, lovely girl, they imagine that now all their struggle, uh, you know, has come to an end because they will now be able to uh, find satisfaction in a, in this one place, you know, uh, and so on. But they end up finding that there are actually so many girls out there that they are, are their type. In fact, uh, well, I would, do not discount that Satan is involved in it. He opens your eyes to see um, many other attractive people all around. And the issue becomes not uh, having sex with one person, but variety and that sort of thing. But it's all a function of uh, our brokenness. I remember the apostle uh, Paul saying uh, in, I think it's Romans chapter 7, uh, Oh, wretched man that I am, you know, the good I do not want to do, that I find myself doing, and the, uh, and the sorry, the evil I do not want to do, I find myself doing, and the good I want to do, I don't want to do. And then he was expressing just the frustration uh, there. And and, and, and and that's the life of a Christian. But thanks be to God, sin does not have dominion over us. Uh, we have a way out, which is really to run to the cross. Uh, that verse that I mentioned, I think, in the last meeting, if whoever is to come uh, after Jesus must learn to deny themselves, pick up their cross and follow him. And I guess... Even in this area, in marriage, you have to learn to do it. Pick, deny yourself, pick up your cross, and follow Christ, you know, and remain true and faithful to the one spouse that you made your vows to. Um, I could put it like that. Uh, of course, there are many other reasons why people don't find satisfaction when they are married. It could be what they were engaged in earlier on. And I know pornography has been, uh, has been one of those things that has really messed people up. Um, you know, pornography and how it, it introduces us to wrong expectations and so on. I guess for individuals like that, they could seek help, they could seek counsel, they could you know, talk to your pastor and walk that journey uh, of healing, you know, because you probably need to heal from past uh, experiences because that's what is hindering you from enjoying what the Lord is giving you today. Amen. Um, you do make some very interesting, great points um, that I don't even thought about it, even in asking the question. You know how you ask a question and you think you have your own answers, <laughs> but uh, you did make a point there that it's possible uh -huh. in the history with what happened. Yeah. Um, and uh, I've, I've lately been thinking about this, even in preparation for this show, that yes, there's a very mm -hmm. high possibility that even the friends you surround ourselves with um, can be, yeah. can be, they can be trouble. Um, yeah. Especially when they don't have a definition of what purity actually looks like. Um, True. But, I mean, coming to that point. Yeah. Right that there, is, yeah. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. No, I just wanted to echo that. Yeah, what you're saying. Uh, the company, but it could also be reading from the wrong script, you know, the movies we watch or uh, uh, some of the stuff that the world promotes. You know, I mean, pornography is really one of them. So reading from the wrong script uh, does damage our ability to enjoy what God wants us to enjoy. Because then we are not reading from the manual itself, you know. Uh, it's mm. like trying to uh, put together a device, but, but using the wrong manual, you know, or the wrong instructions. The, the thing probably might not work as it was supposed to work. So it could be, you know, reading from this, the wrong script, and we do that a lot even today as believers, you know. Just just think about the amount of time that we spend consuming uh, worldly content. Uh, there's somebody who said that a biblical uh, mental program cannot coexist with worldly programming, and, and this is true. Because uh, the world has its own way of thinking, it has its own values and standards and and, 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 and things that excite them, which probably are different from uh, us. And, and whenever we bring that mindset even within our marriage bed or whatever, then, then there's bound to be issues. So reading from the wrong script, be it the, the company that we keep or the things that we give ourselves to, yeah, could, could also be a factor. I, it's, it's interesting, um, mm -hmm. even in this conversation that, uh, when you say the world has its own script, um, mm -hmm. we live in this world. We, yeah. 
um, we, we can't be absent from the world. I mean, that means death. Uh-huh. And I think uh-huh. really the issue is going to be then how do we daily tackle these issues so we can find uh-huh. victory daily. And I do uh-huh. remember reading an article somewhere, I forget who uh-huh. that writer was, but he said you, you can't live on yesterday's victory. You can't okay. feel on yesterday's victory. You won uh-huh. yesterday, but my friend, today is its own. Today is its own. You better have a strategy for today. Uh-huh. And, uh, I, I, I was reading a book. Now I'm going to just go all over to just make one simple point. I was reading a book uh, talking about completely different things, talking about planning and executing. And the guy broke it down in a very simple way. He said there are simply three steps to achieve something. Number one, a vision. Number two, break it down. Uh And then number three, execute. Uh A vision, Uh break it down, execute. And if we're in the same room, I would ask the audience to repeat after me. A vision, break it down, and execute. 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 And uh, you can uh-huh. break it down and say, I'm not going to do this, I'm not going to do that. Those are hedges now. You're, you're, you're simply laying principles. You want to have a pure marriage, you want to have a pure relationship, and now you're going to break it down into simple steps, and you must act on those steps every day. Every day, act on them. That is the execute. And let me just draw it out for us. By the end of this podcast, it's going to be very, very clear that the solution to this fight is simple. It's a devotion to Christ. Everything Uh will come to light when you are devoted to Christ. And so in every day as you're executing, you're really executing steps towards a more healthy relationship with God. You're kind of moving away from the main goal and you're saying, let me execute very, very simple steps. And those are going to be steps towards Christ. And you're going to spend less energy fighting. You're going to spend less energy sweating when you are. Because he said, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. It's easier mm-hmm. to obey than to disobey. But we're coming to uh, this particular topic very, very shortly, just to break it down. Our conversation is simply to make it easier uh, for us to be able to do exactly that, grow closer and closer to God. But let me pause here for a minute and speak to another group of individuals here who might be saying, David, um, I've messed up. I'm on this show, but I'm extremely guilty of my lifestyle. Um, Cabin Devils is not here to condemn you uh, because Christ doesn't. And we are here only to encourage each other and to spur one another to purity. And I pray and hope that you will be blessed by the end of the show, that you feel encouraged, you feel strengthened, in your walk with the Lord. Piper went ahead to say that too many people think they've struggled with temptation when they have prayed for deliverance and hoped the desire would go away. This is too passive. Um, Gouging out your eye may be a metaphor, but it means something very violent, unquote. He also said that God took the record of all your sins, all your sexual failures um, that made you a debtor to wrath. And instead of holding them up in front of your face and using them as the warrant to send you to hell, he put them in the palm of his son's hand and nailed them to the cross. And I think that is hope. That is hope for each one of us. Let me maybe just simply ask before you can get into the show to give hope to someone here. Pastor Sam, who may have given up everything, he's, he's tried, or she has tried, and this thing just does not seem to stop. Is there hope? Is there hope? In maybe two minutes before I can pray, so we can get into God's word uninterrupted. Pastor Sam. Yeah, oh, yeah, def- definitely. Uh, definitely that there is hope. Um, it says that sin will not have dominion over you. A sin is not master over us, and and and, and, I, and I take it, I take that as God's promise uh, to us. You know, there is something that God has done uh, historically you know, through His Son Jesus Christ, but only to clear us of all our sins and debt, but also to remove the power of sin over us. So, uh, hope, yes, we have living hope. You know, as believers, it's not over until God says it's over. If anything. The scriptures speaking to Christians says that we are more than conquerors. So we have hope knowing that we will win this battle. 
And more than doing this battle, we have been forgiven and the Lord is on our side, uh, cheering us on. And so uh, there is hope there. There is hope, not only of forgiveness, but also of winning this battle. So I would like to say that before we begin. Amen. Let's pray together, ladies and gentlemen. Father, we thank you for this evening. And we pray that as your word is opened, uh, we'll be careful um, not to brush it off, not to quench the spirit, but to look into our own lives, each one of us, and uh, and see if there's any iniquity. May your Holy Spirit enable us to see the truth and uh, true nature of our lives, that we will humbly uh, acknowledge our mistakes, we will humbly repent and turn back to you. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Pastor Sam, you're welcome. And allow me to start with a disclaimer. I know that this is not an area of struggle for probably everyone, uh, the whole issue about sex and, uh, and purity. But it is a major issue, you must agree, uh, to many people. And, and so for their sake, you know, I beg the indulgence of everyone. So if, if this is not an area of struggle for you, this, don't check out. Uh, I'm sure there's lots that will be said today that will be helpful, not just to you, but also to help you be of help to others. Uh, so looking at the scriptures, uh, the scripture talks a lot. The Bible talks a lot about this subject. Um, and it will amaze you know, many of you to, to learn that God hasn't changed much of his thoughts you know, on sex. And, and adultery and fornication and homosexuality and the likes. Um, today we will look at you know, the idolatry of sex and hopefully on Friday we will look at you know, what the book of Proverbs has to say on sexual purity. But allow me to start by sharing just a little bit of a personal story. Uh, I remember when I was around the age of 14 you know, being introduced to pornography in a sleepover at my cousin's place. You know, one of those big cousins, uh, you know, who you consider to be very cool. So we went to their house and, uh, you know, it was the days of the VCR tips. So my big cousin came and, and asked the boys to remain behind and, you know, he popped this stuff in. Bruh, I was blown away, you know, by the images I saw. I thought at that time, wow, best cousin ever. Um, you know, little did I know, you know, the cousin, you know, was putting me on a trajectory that would cause me, you know, um, a lot of grief. Uh, so the reason I'm saying that is um, whatever we will say today is not coming from a judgmental or overly righteous place. Uh, but I'm hoping that it will be, you'll take this as the words of one forgiven sinner to another saying, you know, there is a better way. Uh, you've had this phrase uh, that experience is the best teacher. Well, that, that's not true. You know, experience is really a teacher of fools. And, you know, I've been a fool once, and I've believed many lies that the world told me about sex. And, uh, and those lies haven't changed. You know, they're still there today, and I'm hoping that in coming together, if you guys can be able to help each other out. So... Um, Allow me to share an observation, and I'm sure you can, you guys can relate with it. There is mad, mad pressure today to remove sex out of its proper context, you know, which is marriage. You know, sex is being pushed to us as one of those basic human needs. You know, there is food, there is shelter, and then there is sex. I don't know whether you guys agree with this. You know, it's as if you cannot live without it. Uh, there is pressure, you know, among the singles to be sexually active. There is uh, pressure to the married people, you know, they're not spared, you know, to, you know, adultery is really on the table for them. And the notion that sex is a privilege to be enjoyed within the marriage context is considered today, and, and I wonder whether you agree, it's considered to be backward, to be naive, or just plain stupid. You know, are you still there? I mean, to the world, sex outside the context of marriage is not only considered normal, but it is natural, necessary, unavoidable. So please, just carry a condom, you know, and, and, and us believers have also come to, to believe this. Purity is not for drinking, is, is, is only for drinking water, not people. 
you know, the, the, the world sort of seems to say to us, and then you sort of believe this lie. In fact, if you're not married, and you said out there that you were saving sex for the context of marriage, uh, the whole world will laugh at you. You, know, you will instantly lose your, uh, your coolness, instant shadiness. You know, saving sex for the context of marriage. The world thinks there are only three reasons why you can do that. One, you are a social disaster. You know, uh, or how we used to call it in high school, a breezer. You know, you are a social disaster. The only reason you're saving sex in the context of marriage is because you cannot tune a girl. You cannot get somebody to like you. You are a social disaster. That's why you're saying that, you know. And especially among boys, because boys usually have this thing called a body count, uh, especially among the one day folk. Body count is just to see how many, let's say, women you have taken to bed and so on. So if you start that talk about saving sex for the context of marriage, you're, you're a so, get out of here. You're a social disaster, my friend. That's, that's what's really going on. Or secondly, the world will say, the only reason you say, you're saying that is because you are in, incredibly unattractive. Yeah, right, saving sex for the context of marriage. Nobody wants you anyway. You know, ouch. That, 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 that can hurt. Or thirdly, uh, the only reason you can talk about sex in the context of marriage, blah, 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 is because you are a religious fanatic. And then, and then who, 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 who wants to be called a religious fanatic? You know, so so th- there's really real pressure here uh, among worldly folk or living in this world to look like you're with it, you know, and, and then that you have, you've become progressive. Let me use those words. You've become progressive, you know, like the world has become progressive, you know, not limited by rules and all these archaic boundaries and so on. And so, hey, we need to have real talk about this. Uh, you, you'll agree with me that sex is in everything these days. You know, sex is in the news. I remember a time when we were younger, uh, when we used to watch the news and the news anchor was just news anchor. You know, they didn't have any form of sex appeal. Uh, but these days, all that has really changed, you know, and, and the news anchor, uh, they have to have what we call here in Kenya, eye candy. They have to be eye candy. Uh, and I don't know whether you guys even use that language out there in Uganda or Rwanda. You know, eye candy. You know, I mean, I mean, seriously, this is the news. Can we just watch some news, man? This is what I know what happened today. Uh, sex is in the movies. If a movie is not rated... S-N-L-V, uh, you won't watch it. You know, can I get a witness? No, no, no. Um, but think about it. Hollywood itself, whenever it comes up with this movie, it tells us there's something wrong with this movie. It's not suitable for all audiences. You know, in these days, I, I know that they even do this to cartoons. You know, there are, not, are some cartoons that are not even suitable for all audiences. But those are the ones we go for. You know, uh, the series, the movies and the series that are filled with sex and nudity, whew, those ones fly off the charts. Those ones are the ones that are, everybody's watching those ones, you know. Um, especially the series. I mean, they, they become so hard for me to watch. I, I don't, I just, just put them aside. Uh you guys can relate that there's a totally same-sex agenda. It's like every series. Uh, the the character that you will most likely fall in love with will be a character whose sexuality is a bit distorted. You know, they, they, they are not leading a, a life that the Lord Jesus Christ would approve and say, yeah, be like that guy. But that's the character you will most likely fall in love with. And that's a thing. Sex in the, is in the movies. Sex is in the series that you love to watch. Sex is in the music. I mean, all the trending songs today have just one theme. Sex, 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 and more sex. I mean, so much for creativity, right? Um, and, and, this, and this sort of music keeps getting more explicit day by day, um, and, and, and somebody said, if, if, if you want to know the idolatry of a people, just listen to the songs that they sing. The songs that people sing tell you 
what really their idol is, what really they are into. And sex is in the internet. Uh, if you do not believe me, then then check out this site, www. No, I'm, I'm not going to give you that site. But some of you need to disconnect the internet in your house because you know it's destroyed you. Sex is in our phones. And some of you have videos on your phones that you just need to delete right now. I mean, sex is everywhere. It sells magazines. It sells tractors. It sells body lotions. It sells sodas. I remember there was just a, a Coke ad uh, the other day in our country, you know, where... Um, a guy went to a shop to buy a, a Coca-Cola, you know, and they just drank that Coke and that lady was just looking at her, just, you know, just biting her lips. And when that guy has finished drinking a Coke, she gives her another bottle, like, you know, just do that again. I just want to watch that. I'm like, bruh, sit, just, oh my goodness, Coke. You know, sex is in politics. It's pretty much in everything. The only exception I saw uh, in our country, was uh, there's a product called Aremis that is really used to milk cows. Uh, that's the only product that's, that's, that's not using sex to sell it, you know, because it has a hideous package. Uh, but sex is everywhere. It's, it's selling everything. And I wonder whether this is your, whether you can relate with all this, whether you feel like I have blown this thing out of proportion. Uh, what are your thoughts? I'd like to hear, maybe you can type there. Uh, what you think. Um, this is the point I was trying to make. Our society has become overstimulated by sex. I wonder whether you agree. Our society has become overstimulated by sex. And I think the world has made impurity and sex worship such a norm that it no longer shocks us. In fact, we have come to expect it. It is part of our, of our entertainment diet. And I think that is very disturbing that not only are we not shocked by impurity, but we are entertained by it. And uh, I guess that's why we're having this conversation today. Um, it's C.S. Lewis in, in his book, Mere Christianity. And I, and I wonder whether you have read that book. Mere Christianity is an awesome, awesome book. You, can, you need to check it out. Uh, he, he sort of paints a picture you know, of an, of an obsession. Uh, and, and he paints it something like this. Let me just illustrate it. If you, what would you think if, if, if your friend was to call you aside, you know, and show you photos upon photos of food, you know, what would you think of them? You know, like, Ooh, look at this, look at this Ooh, spaghetti with blah, blah, blah. I don't know what they show you pictures and pictures of food, man. What are you going to think about that person? Or that friend was to tell you, you know, I stayed up the whole night with just watching the food show. And then they show you a video on their phone of someone eating food. I'm sure you would think, what sort of weird person are you? You know, this, this obsession is weird. And yet, this same unhealthy fascination with sexual desire has dominated our lives and the world says, yeah, you know, just, just do it. That's, that's cool. So here's my point. We have become idol worshippers. That's what we've, we've become idol worshippers. Sex now defines us, you know, in, and you know in the West, they legitimize people's identity based on what they do in the bedroom. You know, you self-identify as a homosexual today and you are considered something close to a hero. How on, how on earth did we get there where sex now defines you? You know, sex is our treasure. We want it. We want to have it anywhere, anytime, anyhow. We sing about it. We act it out. We, we, we sell it and we sell everything else along with it. You know, sex has become our treasure. That's what we are looking, we are all looking for. And that is idolatry. That is idolatry. And, and, and the reason why we're having this discussion here on cabin divorce is because this thing is not only among worldly people, but believers too, you know, they have taken up this worldview, hook, line, and sinker. And we all know that, 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 that there is a consequence of, of, of living like this. And that's what I wanted us to get into really quickly, you know, uh, what, what are the consequences 
uh, of idolizing sex. And, and allow me to very quickly just use the example of uh, three characters in the scriptures. Um, there's really David and his sons, David and two of his sons. And um, what the first consequence that we see is, is regret. And really, if we follow the whole story about David, and it's very long, yeah? the story of David and Bathsheba. And, and, and we all know that David was a man after God's own heart. Yeah, he was the, like the poster boy of uh, obedience, the poster boy of following God. Uh, at the time when he lived, especially when you uh, juxtapose him next to Saul, I mean, he came out shining. He, he was the true example of a man uh, who was following God. That was David. He had all the, the, the right cred. But then one time David got a bit careless and, 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 and he sort of put a blemish on this nice CV that he had. The story of David and Bathsheba. And you guys know the story. You've gone through it in your, uh, in your churches, in your youth groups and, and so on. Um, it just started as a lazy day. Second Samuel uh, 11 there. Um, and then one thing led to another, you know, uh, David uh, is supposed to be in battle, but he's at home, you know, doing the wrong thing at the wrong time, looking at a girl. He begins to lust over her, you know, asks, Hey, whose wife is that? Uh, who is that? You know, uh, lady and one of his servants says isn't that not you know Bathsheba Uriah's wife you know trying to like yo bruh hint hint she's married you know like move on David doesn't get a point one thing leads to another brings the girl home uh, they end up becoming pregnant the pregnancy uh, leads to a, 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 a cover-up, the attempt a cover-up. The cover-up does not work, which leads to murder, which leads to pain uh, and then regret and losing a child later on. I mean, it was just one thing leading to another and to another and to another. It was really a time of regret, I'm sure, for David. And somebody said that, you know, sin begets more sin. Sin begets more sin, you know, and, and, and for some of you or for some people, it has it, it has just been that same path, you know, uh, the, it starts off as something casual. It leads to something they were not expecting, a pregnancy, probably leads to an abortion or a disease or just puts you on a wrong course. Um, I wonder whether you've had this phrase. Somebody said that, you know, sin it takes you further than you wanted to go. It keeps you longer than you wanted to stay. And it costs you more than you want to pay. And allow me to say that again. Sin, it takes you further than you want to go. It keeps you longer than you want to stay. And it costs you more than you want to pay. Tell me if there's uh, anything else that can describe the story of David better than that. Uh, it started over something casual, a lazy day. And one thing led to another. Soon a girl is pregnant. Soon uh, a man has to be killed. You know, soon uh, a child is lost. And I mean, it was, it was, his reputation went down the drain. Was a lot of struggle here. And so that was my first point. One of the consequences of taking sex outside its context. And one of the consequences of idolizing sex uh, is regret. It does lead to regret. We end up doing things that when we look back, we wonder, was it worth it? Did we did we want to go that far? Did we want to stay there that long? Did we want to pay that price? Regret. Uh, and that is in the life of David. Second thing, one of the second consequences could be resentment. And nothing uh, tells this point more clearly than the story of Amnon and Tamar. Amnon was David's son, and we can read this story in 2 Samuel chapter 13. Uh, there's a story there from verse 1 to 15. Uh, and since we don't have the time to go through the entire story, I'll just mention it or, or story it in summary. 
So Amnon had this mad crush on his half sister Tama. I mean, first of all, it does, I mean it's messed up. It's like, bruh, this, this is your half sister. I mean, like seriously. But let's just put that on the side. He, he had this mad crush on this girl. He couldn't eat. He couldn't. I mean, he. I mean, he was like. It was major last. I mean, I've not even seen last of that level where the the brother was literally sick. And so Amnon had a friend called uh, Aminadab, I think. Uh, Jonadab. No, no, no. Jonadab. Yeah. His friend was called Jonadab. By the way, we joke about it in Swahili and and say uh, Jonah Anadabu. You know, because uh, a double means good manners. This Jonah Dab didn't have a double. He didn't have good manners. That's what, that's, that's the sort of friend you don't want to keep. So anyway, he shared this struggle with his friend Jonah Dab, and or Jonah Dab saw him in this state. And was like, "You, how come the son of the king? You look like you've been ran over by a truck." Well, he didn't use those words, but I guess that's what he meant. And Amnon went ahead to talk about this mad crash that he had on Tama, and Jonah Dab instead of cancelling the brother. Outside, out, out of this weird uh, obsession of his, he sort of counseled him in a very weird way. He told him, hey, so fake your sickness. Uh, let Tama be sent to you, you know, to, to, so that you may feed from his hand and, you know, take it on from there. And Amnon did follow this advice. Uh, I guess it takes you back to that point that David raised earlier about the kind of friends that we keep. And he ended up raping Tama. And the Bible says, it's a very weird phrase there, that he ended up hating her way more than he had ever crushed on her. Do you believe that? I mean, remember how huge the crush was to the point where the guy was, the brother was sick. The brother was looking like he had been ran over by a truck. I mean, he ended up hating her way more than he had even had this lust for her. And so I guess there is, there is a, a, a point there for us to note. Sometimes we believe wrongly that if we were to give ourselves to sex, that if I was to have sex or fornicate with this person, that they will love me more or it would be an expression of my love for them. You know, sometimes it does end up on the opposite direction. You know, It ends up bringing resentment rather than the love or the affection that you are hoping for. Uh, in fact, I, I bumped upon this poem, and, and allow me to, to read this poem. Uh, it, it's dedicated to the ladies. You know, it, it, uh, probably, it was probably written by a lady. Listen to how this lady puts it. It says, it's a very short poem. The first line goes like this. I met him, then I liked him. I liked him, then I loved him. I loved him, then I let him. When I let him, then I lost him. And I'm sure many of you have heard this uh, thing uh, again and again and again. You give in to sex, it doesn't end. It doesn't necessarily necessarily result in more affection. Sometimes it does lead to resentment. That relationship breaks. It doesn't go anywhere. You thought that it will now lead to marriage. It, it, you probably now it doesn't end up that direction, and you are left with this baggage. You know, and that's something to uh, to think about. So the first consequence, as I mentioned, is regret. Uh, second consequence that might come out of this might be resentment, and we see this in the story of Amnon and Tamar. Uh, now, thirdly. A consequence, uh, the third consequence could be ruin. And this is cannot be better exemplified in, 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 in anyone else than in the life of Solomon, who was also David's son. And we all know Solomon was the wisest king. Uh, when we meet him uh, just early on in his life after his coronation, you know, he is a humble brother. The Lord comes to him and asks him, hey, what do you want? And he knows how to answer the Lord. He says, hey, give me wisdom. You know, and, and God says, oh, because you you asked the right thing. You'll not only be given wisdom, but everything else you didn't ask for, you know, wealth and so on. And, and, and Solomon really had a lot going for him. He excelled in every area in his life except this one area. He had many women. He had many women. And it says there in First King chapter 11, Verse 1 to 3, 
you know, that his downfall was because of his women. And they, they uh, took him down to idolatry. You know, he, he thought he was a player, uh, but he was the one who was being played, you know, and the kingdom was torn away from his hands. So regret, resentment, uh, ruin. Those are possible consequences that could come out of uh, idolizing sex or taking it out from its proper context, you know, because it wasn't meant to be taken away from its context. Uh, think of a, a fire in a fireplace, or oh, sorry, a log in a fireplace. You know, that's, that's the right place where a log ought to be. You know, uh, when the log is in the right place, it serves its purpose. It gives light and warmth. But the moment you take out the log from the fireplace, you know what happens? You get no more light. You get no more warmth. You know, it burns a hole in the carpet. It burns the seats. It, 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 it sets the house on fire or probably fills it with terrible smoke. You know, and, and, and so in the same way, nothing good can come out of removing sex, sex in its proper context. And this is something that we ought to think about. And so now I know I've talked about um, the consequences, regret, resentment, and ruin. Uh, but what 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 is the redemption? Because I don't want to I don't want to leave anyone, you know, uh, on the negative side of things. You know, where, is there a hope? I think that's the question that that uh, David asked. Is there a hope? And let's go to the hope part. Yeah, we say that the consequences are regret, resentment, and ruin. I see David has posted there. Uh, but let me share three uh, hope thoughts. Let me share three hope thoughts to counter the, the consequences, you know, because I believe that cabin divorce is all about hope. And that's what we are really looking for. And the first one is repentance. Uh, I'm going with ours here, you know, repent. Uh, and, it, and it doesn't matter how far lost in sin you are. And remember, we say that this message is not to condemn anyone. Our hope is to point people to the cross of Jesus Christ. And that's what really repentance is all about. Uh, what we're trying to say is that it doesn't matter how far lost you are in sexual sin. Uh, it doesn't matter how many steps you have taken away from God. It only takes one step back to him. And that step is repentance. And we all know that David uh, in Psalms 51, when he was, after he was confronted by the prophet uh, Nathan, he re the, the thing that he did and he's remembered for is his repentance. In fact, we still uh, remember David as the man after God's own heart. Nobody says of David, hey, David the uh, adulterer, uh, David the the murderer, David the lustful guy. Nobody talks of David like that. We all still speak of David as David the man after God's own heart. Why? Because we know that the brother did repent. He was broken because of his sin. You know, he said... Um, Create in me a clean heart and renew a right and steadfast spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence. Take not thy Holy Spirit from me and renew a right spirit within me. You remember that? And First John chapter 1, verse 8, you know, says the same, same thing. It says, if we confess our sins, God, he is faithful and just, and he will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. And so let's repent. If, if this is you, you know you have been playing around with sexual sin, you have been fornicating, you have been probably uh, watching pornography or the sort of movies that you like at the sexual kind. The Lord this evening is calling you to come back to him in repentance. And, and God is able to clean you. God is able to, 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 to purify you. God is able to give you a clean slate. He's able to give you pure thoughts. Uh, once again. But if you do not repent, then you remain in your sins. Um, and, and, and as, and as, a, as a Bible verse that I mentioned earlier, it says that sin shall not have dominion over you if, we, you, if you're truly a Christian. But if this sin has dominion over you, then you have reason to, to check your heart and ask yourself, am I truly a Christian? Because Christians, we do hate sin. We hate sin. I think somebody talked about uh, a pig. You know, when a, when a pig falls in the mud, 
it wallows in it. But when a lamb, when a lamb falls in the mud, oh, it wants to get out of the mud as quickly as possible. So are you a lamb or a pig? It's a question that you ought to ask yourself. Pigs will wallow in the mud, you know. Or another example is really a dove and a duck. You know, a, a dove, if it was to fall on mud, it will quickly come out of it and go uh, into the crystal fountain to wash itself. But a duck, it will wallow in that mud. You know, what are you? If you are truly a believer, if you have truly come to love the Lord Jesus Christ, then whatever our Lord hates, you will hate it. And whatever he loves, you will love. And so that's an encouragement to seek repentance if you are truly uh, a believer. Uh, and the Lord says, I think this is in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 16, says, See that no one is sexually immoral or godless like Esau, who for a single meal sold his inheritance rights as the oldest son, you know? Uh, and the Bible was trying to say there in Hebrews chapter 12 is that it was a bad bargain. Oh, Esau, it was a bad bargain. For a, for a single meal, you lost your birthright, you lost your inheritance. And you know, many of us, some people would be willing to lose their inheritance. You know, because the Bible has said, do not be deceived. Uh, let no one deceive you. Anyone who practices sexual immorality, adultery, and na, 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 lying, and all those things will not inherit the kingdom of God. You know, it's right there in the scriptures. It's in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 9 to 10. It's in Galatians chapter 5, verse 19 uh, to all the way to 21. It is in Ephesians chapter 5. Let no one deceive you. Anyone who practices these things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Will you lose your inheritance for a single meal like Esau? There's a question to ask yourself. So let's 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 run to the cross in repentance and let's ask the Lord to wash and 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 and, 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 and clean us. You know, and, and the Lord has said that He will do it. Uh, so repent is the first thing. The second thing is run. Uh, run. Uh, and by this, what I'm trying to say is don't trust yourself to handle temptation and put yourself in compromising situations. I think 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 18 says, flee from sexual immorality. Right there. I mean, it cannot be more explicit than that. Flee. Flee from sexual immorality. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 18. And I want to just echo that advice from the scripture. Flee. Run. Don't put yourself in compromising situations and think that you're going to handle it. You know, that brother calls you into his room and you're just the two of you and you know you got feelings for each other. There's chemistry. Seriously? You know, uh, flee. Just, just, just don't put yourself in such contexts. Uh, I think it's um, uh, David who was saying earlier on, hey, avoid talking about this topic when you're the two of you together. And, 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 and I think it's because he knows how it goes. We we, we like flirting on, on, on this uh, topic. You know, it starts as flirting, you know, talking about it, quote, unquote, but it's really flirting. And then one thing ends to another, the boundary lines are a bit blurred and we, it ends up into coarse joking and inappropriate talk and which just works to excite your lust. I think that's what he was, he really meant. So the advice is really run, 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 flee. Uh, and somebody said that it is much easier to stop sliding down a hill when you are nearer the top than when you are halfway down. You know, so and, and it's the same thing. The best solution to stop sin is to do it early, not later. Don't don't wallow in it. Don't marinate in it for a minute. And then try to come out. I mean, you guys have all heard of the the story of the, the, the best way to cook a frog. Just don't throw the frog into hot water. Just, just put them into cold water and start to heat it up a little bit. You know? Uh, and so let's not fall victim. Uh, because we put ourselves into compromising situations because we thought we could handle it. It didn't look severe at first, but then we don't even know what happened later on. The, the advice is to run, to flee while still early, to put our boundaries and to uh, to keep them. 
So I've said two things so far, repent, run, and here's my last one, and then we'll end. Reach out. Reach out. Uh, reach out, of course, to God. And I've already made that point when I said uh, repent. Uh, I mean, the scripture says, not by power, not by might, but by my spirit. And so I believe that God is is really the one who will help us. Not some rule keeping, uh, not uh, making promises to yourself, but really reaching out to God and, and asking him to intervene into your own life. But also reaching out to other people, reach out to your friends or other fellow believers or your pastor or to David, for example, somebody who can keep you accountable and pray with you and encourage you to remain pure. Uh, for us to win this battle, we need to do it with others. Listen to this advice that Paul told Timothy. He said, in, this is in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 22. He said, flee the evil desire of youth and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace, along with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. You know, so flee, but flee uh, uh, and pursue righteousness along with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. And so I guess there, there is an encouragement for us to reach out, you know, and do life with others. And and, and, and hopefully if we uh, do these three things, then we will be on our way to victory. And allow me to repeat those three things, uh, those last three things. Repent, run, reach out. Uh, David, uh, I don't know whether uh, I was clear and what you guys think about the things that I have said. I would like to hear some feedback. Maybe we can put it up on a pause there. We will pick it up uh, next Friday and continue and, and share more. But I don't know what you guys think about what I've said so far. Thank you so much, uh, Pastor Sam. You want to know what we think? I think it's been awesome. Uh, just a point of correction, we don't eat frogs in Uganda, so we don't know how to cook them. When you mention <laughs> that, uh, <laughs> Talking about the best way to cook a frog, what's that? But I understand your point. I know the illustration. <laughs> a frog won't jump out of uh, warm water, but it's just warming mm-hmm. up. It will try to accommodate that heat, get used to it, and uh, live on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that reminds yeah. me of what Patu Patu just uh, posted here on the on our show mm-hmm. in the comments when she asked, "Have you heard about Superman?" And I quickly checked mm-hmm. Uncle Google, and it's it's disgusting. Yeah. It's very very disgusting. He's come out I, gay or something I, like uh, that. Yeah, I, I hadn't even known that was going to happen. Imagine. That's Imagine son. every kid identifies with Superman. Why would they go for that? You know, hero. You know, so it's. There's yeah. a plan. There's a scheme, and it's it's really yeah. And they are and exactly. And the world is unrelenting, and it will mm-hmm. push this agenda into our face. And we, we we need to be to stay woke, my friends. We yep. need to stay woke. And and I think the strategy yeah. is to make you get used to it. Warm up the water a little bit, and just yeah. make you understand that uh, Superman has no problem with it. You shouldn't. <laughs> And before you know it, the water is boiling. And really the call tonight, ladies and gentlemen, is a reminder of, of yeah. what purity actually looks like. It's how God yeah. looked at it in the eyes. I mean, when, when he's, he's talking to David by sending Nathan, and of course David uh-huh. at first is very defensive. He's saying this man needs to be arrested. He needs to be thrown in jail and all these things. And, uh, and Nathan is very, very, very clear when he says, you're the man. You are. You're the man. man. You are the man, yeah. And if listening to this show, you are not concluding with that statement in saying I am the man or I am the woman, let me read for you Psalm 51. When David understood that he is the man, he went to Mm -hmm. his knees and said, have mercy on me, O God. He did not try to fix this problem by himself. He said, God, know what I'm going to I'm going to sacrifice a couple of sheep and goats and uh, doves. And mm-hmm. he just simply said, God, have mercy on me. Have mercy on mm-hmm. me. And I pray that each one of us would do the same. And of course, you realize that towards the end, David makes it very clear. And he acknowledges that God does not take pleasure in sacrifices. That is in verse 16. He says, you don't delight in sacrifices. Oh, I would, have br- I would bring it. 
you do not take pleasure mm-hmm. in burnt offerings. And he says in verse 17, my sacrifice, O God, is a broken spirit, a broken and contrite mm-hmm. heart. Contrite heart, you do not you, despise. God, do not despise. And and don't ever think that God is now looking down upon your repentance or your, or your humility in coming and saying, God, you know what I've sinned. Have mercy on me. Have mercy on me. But he says, have mercy on me, O God. Have mercy on me, God, in verse 1. According to your unfailing love, according to your great compassion, blot out my transgressions. Wash me. Wash away all my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions, and my sin is always before me. Against you, you only, have I sinned, and do what is evil in your sight. So you are right in your verdict, justified when you judge. Surely I was sinful at birth, sinful from the time my mother conceived me. Yet you desired faithfulness. Even in the womb, you taught me wisdom in the secret place. Cleanse me with high soap, and I'll be clean. Wash me, and I'll be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones you have crushed rejoice. And some, I, when you're speaking, I did realize that uh, Part of the reason, I mean, even thinking about uh, Samson, I mean, not Samson, Superman. Part of the reason why we have redefined purity is it's possible we've not seen a very good example from those we hold high up there with high esteem, our superheroes. And I'm talking about men of faith, maybe pastors, maybe uh, youth leaders, maybe you talked about your cousin. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. who you held in high esteem, you look up to some mm-hmm. people and you say, ah, if David mm-hmm. can do this, then I think it's okay. If if some mm-hmm. can do this, then it's okay. Um, I'm not saying you do this, but if Pastor Sam comes to church and is hugging all these girls for five minutes after the service, <laughs> then it must be okay. It must be okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, the way he treats her, I see that and I think it must be okay. And slowly we begin to lower that standard down to the standard of human beings. Um, and, and we don't develop our own convictions. We begin to look around at what other Christians are doing and we think it's okay. We think it's okay. Can you just speak to us about that one particular area where we lower the standards below God's standards by observing what other men are doing? And of course, I'm not saying that... Uh, we can't pick examples from people. Mm-hmm. We can't. Mm-hmm. We can't. Um, we can't seek for advice. But I think there's a danger in in ignoring yeah. what the Holy Spirit is speaking to us about from His Word, yeah. and we justify it with what we have seen, what we've observed, and we think it's okay. What do you think, yeah. Pastor Son? Yeah, um, what you're saying is true. Uh, there's a sense in which. Um, when those that we look up to fail in this area, uh, this sort of, uh, I mean, there's a loss of hope or a loss of fight in, in many people because they, they reason to with themselves, if so-and-so uh, has failed in this area, then who am I? Who am I to think uh, that I will gain some victory if so-and-so who I look up to has failed so miserably or they do not have boundaries and so on. But I think we need to remind ourselves uh, who it is that has called us or whose standard it is that we really are following. We're not following the standard of our youth pastors. We're not following the standards of our the men of God and so on. We are following after the pattern and the footsteps of our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. He is the captain he is the one whom we, we are following. I mean, look at David. David really was a man after God's own heart, but he was not perfect. Suddenly he was not perfect. He was broken and his brokenness at some point came out. And so are other believers. You know, they might be good and, and, and there's reason for us to emulate them in many ways, but we should not forget that they are still not perfect and they cannot be our final standard. You know, our final standard has to be our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. And so I guess it's an encouragement for us to not only uh, look into the lives of others, but uh, spend a lot of time in the scriptures trying to understand our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Because it is 
him whom we have been told to to to, to follow. Uh, I think it's uh, Hebrews chapter 12 that says, let us uh, throw away everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and run with perseverance the course of the race uh, he has placed us in, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, fixing our eyes on Jesus. And the book of Hebrews really was talking about the heroes of the faith who are like witnesses all around us. But we are not to even look at those witnesses. It doesn't say fixing your eyes on these heroes of faith. It is fixing your eyes on Jesus. And so even the heroes of faith who are living with us, we are not necessarily to fix our eyes on them. Yeah, we can look at them for inspiration and so on, but the eyes need to be fixed on Jesus. That's what I would say, David. I don't know whether it makes sense. I think it's clear. Yes, when you say fix our eyes on Christ. And... uh... I just thought that maybe that's one of the reasons we redefine a purity when we focus away from the Savior. I mean, he said in the verse we just quoted from Hebrews because he's the author and perfecter uh, of our faith. And, and it's interesting how we sometimes run away uh, from the Savior and we hope that we'll please him on our own. And, and yet we can't. We can't. Well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for being here for Cabin Devils. It's been awesome. Sorry we had to go an extra 20 minutes, but I believe that uh, you have uh, benefited from this particular episode. I actually wonder if there's anything for us on Friday. It looks like we've covered a lot tonight, but Pastor Sam, what's coming up on Friday? What's coming up on Friday, man? So on Friday, we will go to the book of uh, Proverbs. Uh, and Proverbs really is wisdom literature. So we just want to find out wisdom. Uh, today we talked about the idolatry. So we were really looking at the world and say, Mm-mm, we can see what the world is doing and we know it has consequences. Uh, but then <clears throat> on Friday, we will just finish off by looking at uh, the book of Proverbs. And there's an interesting story there that I would like us to look into. And, and, I'm, and I'm sure we will learn a lot from it and enjoy. It will sort of be Bible study on, on, on Proverbs. And I'm hoping that we know we are looking forward to that. If you're going to listen to a podcast before you go to before bed, you go to, before you go to bed, you can as well grow in your faith. Cabin Devils. Cabin Devils. Your number one live podcast. Every Monday, Wednesday and Friday, 9 p.m. East African time. <laughs>